Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. Hello everyone, in today's episode we have a very special guest. We have Kieran Headley from Auckland, New Zealand. He is an anxiety mental health coach. He works with people that have depression, bipolar, bipolar, ADHD, OCD, just to name a few. He brings neuroscience and mindfulness together. Kieran breaks it down for you so that you can easily understand what is happening and why it is happening. Let's give him a warm welcome to the show. Hey Kieran, welcome to the show. Welcome to Gentle Touch. In today's episode, we'll be talking about meditation, the benefits of practicing meditation, tools we can use anywhere at any time if we feel stressed or overwhelmed. This episode is filled with nothing but golden nuggets and information that we can implement into our daily routine. Kieran, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so man, I guess to start the conversation, I mean, the best place to start if we're talking about mental health is my own experience, really. I, uh, yeah, I really struggled with depression and anxiety growing up. Um, depression was really a huge experience in my life going through middle school and high school, even into university to college. And eventually over time, uh, as this depression started to deepen, uh, I did start to develop thoughts of man, I almost wish I didn't have to be here. wish I didn't have to deal with the world wish I could just fade away. Now, I was never intentional about taking my own life, but there was definitely those thoughts there. And over time, uh, as I started to, uh, I delved into meditation. It was, it was funny how I started that. It was, I was simply watching my favorite YouTuber. He was a fitness YouTuber named Steve Cook. And he would he'd, uh, say, talk about his morning routine. And he'd be like, yeah, I get up and do 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups every morning. So I started, you know, getting up and doing 50 push-ups, 50, like basically everything he said I did. Um, I, was just, I was just such a little, uh, like such a kid, just um, in awe of this guy. And one day he also added to his morning routine and said, I've started using this application called Headspace. It's a 10-minute um, meditations and I'm loving it. I'm like, oh, meditation, awesome. I've like tried that a few times. I've, you know, listened to youtube audios before um but never could really get into it so i'm like you know i'm gonna give it a go so this is literally how it started i downloaded headspace and then just did the 10 days free that they offered at the time this is 2015 i believe or 16 um Yeah. yeah when i started to really delve into meditation um yeah and i started doing it consistently from then on um from then i barely ever missed a day really um of meditation and since then it's just been growing and as i delved into meditation i started to understand why the depression was there more deeply i started to really um feel more connected with myself and as as this started to happen as well interestingly i started to recognize how anxious i also was and also along this period of time i'd actually had uh without even realizing what they were at the time many panic attacks as well i had no clue i just literally thought that i was super overwhelmed and i was just frozen. I didn't know there was such a thing as like this 
like these panic attacks. I haven't heard of them before. Hadn't heard of them before when they were happening to me. And yeah, when I started to meditate, I started to recognize all this. And yeah, over time, as I delved deep into mindfulness, um, yeah, I started to make a lot of progress in my mental health. Unfortunately, how did you, um, how did you realize that? How long did it take? Because when I do meditation, I just fall asleep. Oh, yeah. Like I struggle to like maintain the fall. And the only practice that I'm kind of getting good at is journaling. So having a gratitude journal and putting peaceful songs. But when, how did you realize, okay, I'm into this. This is going well. I can keep up with it. I can make a habit of it. I'm consistent. What advice yeah, do you have? Yeah, I mean, I guess two pieces of advice. One is to recognize Firstly, the tremendous benefits is definitely helpful. So when I started to first notice uh, the detriments of when I wasn't meditating. So on the days that I didn't meditate, I was more anxious. I was more concerned about everything. I was more overwhelmed. I was less centered. So I was less conscious with my day. So that, that was definitely one thing I noticed. And when I started to understand the science of meditation, um, it made a lot more sense. Essentially, you start to produce uh, a, a certain state, a brain state, uh, when you're meditating, which makes it more what we call in neuroscience plastic, right? So when a brain's quite plastic, it means it's changeable. So that's what we term in neuroscience, right? Neuroplasticity. So this famous term that's been, uh, you know, really publicized. You see it all over Instagram. Um, but neuroplasticity is essentially the brain's ability to change. So we're inserting new thought patterns. We're um, rewiring old ones and. Uh, yeah, the idea is based on how plastic the brain is, is going to be how effectively you can insert new patterns or rewire old ones, right? So for example, a child who's five years old, their brain is super plastic. So that's why they're able to learn very effectively because plasticity is literally just learning. It's just learning um, what they're observing or what they're doing, um, what they're hearing. And that's basically the brain's plasticity and of course over time uh, the brain becomes less plastic and that's why they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks because quite literally the brain is much less plastic but it's still plastic it doesn't mean it's impossible it just means it's not as easily changed as a five-year-old's brain now in meditation it becomes much more plastic meaning you can start to create new new thought patterns insert new thought patterns and the state of meditation is um, there's been like a portion of meditation, like a certain state within meditation that's been dubbed as hypnosis. So when we have reached a hypnosis state, we're in the most plastic state then. That's when we can really uh, change thought patterns. Now, that's only one of the many benefits. Of course, there's other benefits. You're actually enhancing blood flow to your prefrontal cortex of your brain um, when you're sitting into a meditative state. So you start to develop gray matter and white matter within these regions of the brain. Now, the beauty of this is your prefrontal cortex is responsible for um, judgment, for logical thinking. Right? It's essentially the control center of the brain. So when I have certain thoughts, okay, my ability to judge those thoughts or to logically and critically think about these thoughts or to make certain decisions or to, yeah, to basically go about a situation very logically, um, my capability of doing that rather than reacting to the situation is dependent on my prefrontal cortex. Now, if I can develop my prefrontal cortex through meditation, um, and there's a couple of other ways we can do this as well, but meditation is one of the most proficient ways to do it, is, yeah, it's going to enable me to more clearly and critically think about things and more consciously go about my day rather than being constantly reactive about my day. 
right? So there's many things that meditation is great for. Um, And of course, the feeling of groundedness and calm that I get from sustaining my meditation practice is essential. So those are the benefits. The second uh, piece of information that I probably should share around uh, meditation that can really help is that meditation doesn't have to be this sitting down with your legs crossed, closing your eyes and, you know, doing a very strict, you know, practice. It doesn't have to be that. Meditation is an experience. It's a state. It's not an action. Okay. Meditation is the art of doing nothing. Now the art of doing nothing doesn't mean I need to physically be doing nothing. It means I'm internally choosing to do nothing. So what that means is when I have a thought, I let the thought be, I don't judge it. Or when I have an emotion, I let the emotion be, I don't try to change it. That's what meditation is. It's stillness. Stillness meaning I'm not reacting. Stillness meaning I'm not doing anything. Okay. And stillness meaning internal stillness. So that's why there's walking meditations because you're still physically moving. However, the internal stillness is there, right? So um, Thich Nhat Hanh is a, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. He um, He's one of the most famous uh, monks in the world at the moment. And he uh, teaches walking meditation is one of the main things. Why? Because it's so simply accessible and attainable for many people that do fall asleep in meditation. They do have overwhelming thoughts, right? <laughs> <laughs> so walking meditation is a great way to start. Um, open eye meditation, another great way to start. Um, oftentimes what the brain will do and the mind will do naturally to avoid uh, overwhelming thoughts, uh, scary things that might be just beneath the surface is it will try to distract the, the mind by either um, not wanting to sit still, having tremendous itches that you just can't, like you just can't, um, you get very agitated. Sleepiness is another one. The mind will actually yeah. uh, make sleepiness a very profound need and desperate, desperate need when you yeah. close your eyes if uh, there's a sense of avoidance. Okay. Now, of course, if you're already really tired, uh, that's obviously not a good thing. Uh, if you're not getting enough quality REM sleep, um, that's definitely going to negatively affect one's ability to go into a deep meditative state. Uh, we can talk about sleep later if um, that ends up coming up. And um, uh, yeah, essentially meditation uh, can be whatever is adherable to that individual. So if you're finding starting with walking meditation and there's many guided walking meditations you can listen to on YouTube or you can download a meditation app and you can find, you can search walking meditation on the apps headspace is a great one insight timer is one of my favorites i've actually got some meditations on there as well yeah so there's different ways that one can start but understanding the benefits is important i feel um, because that actually generates um some positive intention around meditation and then understanding that yeah meditation can be uh utilized in really any form so that's what i'd recommend around meditation yeah amazing so how long have you been practicing meditation yeah so um as i said i sort of started around 2015 2016 about 2015 i remember i'd listen to some like audios i'd sit down and listen to like some music um meditation music and i'll sit there for like five to ten minutes and be in meditation that way and i didn't really start guided meditations until 2016 since then uh, my meditations evolved a lot um i did meditate before 2015 a little bit but not much um that was sort of like I just loved, I was basically in a place where I didn't know peace. I didn't know happiness. And when I thought peace and happiness, the first thing that would come to my mind is a monk. I have no idea why. I think maybe because I watched a lot of anime and there's sometimes these very spiritual people on anime. <laughs> so I honestly thought of that. And um, 
and yeah so I, I would listen to these like this monk music or something it would just be some like nice like sort of chill asian music um instrumental music or something and i'll try that beforehand and then yeah guided meditation and then what i found is because guided meditation does instruct you what to do rather than you intuitively deciding what to do uh it is limiting it's a great way to start it's a, it's important to start with guided meditation i believe uh, however evolving from that is also an important part when one gets to that level and yeah and then over time probably about two two and a half years ago um, my meditation really shifted to just yeah me going into a deep space within myself unguided for about 30 minutes just to an hour um at that a time, is amazing probably. yeah yeah which has honestly been amazing and then um in january this year just being uh sorry this year now 2021 i went to a vipassana meditation course which is a completely free course it was actually um invented by gautama the buddha two and a half thousand years ago okay. and he um, started the first vipassana practice then which is insane to think because it's actually been um, passed down through history starting from uh tibet and you know moving down moving down moving down and now it's worldwide this vipassana practice and you can go to centers all around the world for completely free um they're just donation based and it's because the buddha wanted peace accessible for everyone right he'd he didn't want this concept of um, peace to be out of reach for even the homeless. Like he wanted that accessible. So yeah, you put these courses all around. It's 10 days of meditation. It's really intense. Um, tw about 11 to 12 hours of meditation a day. You're not allowed to speak. You're not what? To, yeah, you're not allowed to look at anyone in the eye. Um, you have your own like allocated cell, which is literally called a cell, which is like th three square meters of, of room with a bed, uh, like next to that sort of space. And yeah, it's just crazy, like intense. So it almost feels like a prison almost, which is not. Um, it's beautiful, like it's relaxing. However, you're there just to work on yourself, just to work on like the demons inside or yeah. the, you know, the giants or whatever you want to call them. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's a really difficult, most difficult process I've ever done in my life. Um, yet most, most rewarding process I've ever done. And it came out the other side feeling very, very grown and grounded and elevated compared to where I was. So that's really been my meditation journey. And now meditation is about an hour to two hours a day for me. Um, it's definitely a consistent practice and it enables me to be more effective with my time. So things that would previously have taken me, you know, six hours to sit down and do might take three or four because of the clarity that comes. So um, that's the beauty of what meditation enables because I will choose better decisions now that I don't have to backtrack and change and all that sort of thing. I can make clear decisions and um, yeah, move about my day with more accuracy and decisiveness. So yeah, those there's just more benefits of meditation, but that's really been, yeah, a lot of my journey and it's just continuing, right? And it's just a never growing journey. That is amazing. So say with that course that you did, would you recommend people to do it that have already experienced meditation or, or that are at a level where they can handle meditation or that know about meditation that can meditate by themselves? Mm. Is everyone experienced that goes to the course? No, not everyone. So there was quite a few people that I met that either A, hadn't really meditated much before, which is just insane for me to think that actually did that. Um, and then, yeah, there was, then there was also like very experienced meditators. So there's anyone all in between, basically. All in between. Yeah. And this is what I'd recommend based on my experience and based on my conversations with those people is I would recommend being able to establish a practice first where you're able to meditate on your own for an hour before you even do it. Yeah, because they do one hour practice. Every meditation yeah. is at least one hour. Um, and 
Okay. Uh, sometimes they got to an hour and a half. And then by day five, you're actually instructed to not even move a muscle when you, um, well, you can move a muscle, but you're not, you're not even allowed to move your posture. Um, that's what they instruct you to do. Obviously, people do. Um, but they ask you to try to not move for the entire hour, hour and a half that you're sitting. Yeah. Um, so you're sitting there and your back is screaming, you know, your knee is screaming, whatever it is. And you've just got to allow yourself to remain what they call equanimous. So equanimous um, is, a, yeah. is a teaching yeah, yeah. that essentially instructs us to find this place of equanimity yes. or um, neutrality with whatever comes through. So whether it's pain or joy, whether it's uh, peace or anxiety, no matter what it is, we're treating it the same. And by treating it the same, we're not creating what, what they call craving or aversion. So craving is that thing that I really desire or really deeply want. And aversion is the thing that I really deeply don't want. Now, the moment I'm trying to avert anything or crave anything, right, there's this feeling of I don't have enough right now and whatever it is that I'm experiencing okay. uh, right now isn't good enough. Therefore, I suffer. So essentially any moment, they, they basically say any moment that I'm, I don't feel um, a deep sense of contentment and enoughness in this moment where I'm, I feel completely full, that's suffering, right? So essentially uh, any, any moment that I'm uh, getting a sensation like this aching pain or a fly lands on my nose and I just really want it to go away, I've just got to sit there and just allow it to um, allow those sensations to just be rather than me constantly trying to change them or like get rid of that fly or to move my body or um, to relieve the pain or anything like that. It's just really about remaining equanimous or neutral with no matter what occurs. So yeah, um, in terms of actually getting the most out of the um, course, I would suggest being able to have that practice where you can sit for an hour so that when you actually do the work, it's you're not constantly needing to move. You're not constantly worrying about all these different things and you can actually go deep. Yeah. Um, because the people that I spoke to that hadn't really meditated would say that sometimes like some wouldn't even have much come up and many would actually, you know, maybe not even have anything come up until maybe day seven or eight of the journey. And that just leaves, you know, maybe two or three days to actually do deeper work, even though they might make progress, uh, many will come out as well and not sustain the, pro the process as well of meditation. And so I feel like just jumping headfirst into something like that, it's like yeah. going cold yeah, turkey yeah. or smoking. Um, yeah, it can work, but it's um, <laughs> it is very small success rate, uh, very, very small success rate. So what's important is that people ease your way into meditation and don't just jump straight yeah, in like yeah, that yeah, because yeah. it will not A, be sustainable. Um, B, they'll probably come out Hard. hating meditation Hard. because of, yeah, like, yeah. it's just actually really brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And three as well. Intensity. Uh, yeah. With a negative view of meditation and that's that being their only experience in meditation. I feel like people become less motivated to have meditation as a part of their lives. So I do feel it's important to ease their way into it to the point where they can sit for an hour on their own without needing to be guided and um, with their eyes closed. And um, yeah, then once you're at that point, I'd feel that um, a Vipassana would be very beneficial from that point to go even deeper. Yeah. So did you like, say, for example, some of the benefits, what did you come out from that course? Mental clarity, yeah, able yeah, to focus? Um, <laughs> coming out of the course, I did feel very grounded. Okay. So after spending 10 days of no talking, um, you know, I'm just so used to silence. And my parents came to collect me because, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't drive there at all. Um, my car was unfortunately in the yeah. mechanics. And so, you know, when they came to pick me up, I was quite excited because I'm like, oh, yeah, I get to, you know. Um, speak to people again. It's great. I uh, it, every day felt so tedious and monotonous to the point where it literally felt like every day was three days. So I I, I had 
<laughs> I had probiotics right with me when I was in the meditation course. And so I had about nine probiotics and within this like pill film thing. And so I'd just pop um, a probiotic every morning. And that was my way yeah. of counting how many days I had left. So when oh, I had, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's like sort of, you know, people marking on the walls in their cell or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah it's, um, uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's really um, a really beautiful spot. It was just the experience. Yeah, it felt like you're just stuck to only, with only you, your thoughts and your emotions. And going through that makes everything very tedious because by, after you wake up at 4 a.m., you wake up at 4 a.m. every morning to this bell, like gong, and you get up and you do your two, two hours practice before you have breakfast, and then you yeah, go on your day and all that sort of thing. And during all this, because you're just spending so much time in that space, there's no distraction from anything. Therefore, time is really elongated. And I'd reach 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'd feel like a whole day, it should be yeah. the end of the day. I feel like it should be nightfall. Yeah, and yeah. then I'd reach, you know... 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I'll feel like I should be going to bed and then I've still got six hours a day left. It's just crazy how everything feels so elongated. Um, so by day three, I felt like I was already, I should be at day 10 already. It was the weirdest feeling and scary, scary feeling being at day three and thinking, holy shit, I've got seven more days of this. It's insane. I've, I've not even made a third of the way through. It's, yeah, it was, it's really, it challenges you a lot. And um, yeah, by day 10, it felt like I'd actually been um, immersed within that space away from society for over a month. Um, it genuinely felt like that. It'd been a whole month and um, even though it was only 10 days, 11 days really. Yeah, some of my parents came to collect me. I was very excited for sure. Um, I went to brunch. Uh, so I went to a cafe and of course, there's a lot of noise, people talking over each yeah, other yeah, and yeah, um, you know, coffee cups clatter, cluttering and the coffee yeah, machine yeah. going and all this different stuff. So obviously, obviously I'm just like there listening to all these different sounds when I'm used to only literally hearing two sounds at once, like my own breath and then the sounds of nature. And that's pretty much it. Like you barely hear anything else during the whole process apart from the teacher when they teach you um, how to do the process. Yeah, so having so many sounds at once was overwhelming. It took me a little while to feel more grounded in society. I feel like it took me maybe, maybe three days to feel okay. fully integrated into everything. And then once I was fully integrated in everything and not to say I felt um it was overwhelming in terms of I felt stressed but just overwhelming in terms of like a lot of things a lot more was happening than what I was used to and that however within the overwhelm I felt more grounded and more peaceful than I have in the past in situations like that and uh yeah definitely since that meditation process and meditation course I felt more understanding of what's going on within me um so every time like a trigger occurs or anything occurs most you people a don't even, yeah i know straight away so most people won't even notice for the first part and if they do notice they won't understand where it's coming from yeah but I, I just found it, I find it so easeful now to yeah just catch it like literally the instant it comes before it even becomes anything big you can address it very easily and yeah i can always just sort of feel into where it's coming from just because of the awareness that's developed within that process it's quite a beautiful gift um i feel like it's like this superpower that's not a superpower because yeah, yeah, you know it it's is. not about being superhuman it's about realizing that hum being human is super and that's what i really have become grounded in this concept of the fact that yeah being human is super um it's just being able to tap into what's capable of being as a human um and what we are capable of yeah deep down so yeah going through uh, that process has definitely been a gift and i'd recommend it to anyone so long as they're willing to do the prerequisite work 
Of yeah. course, a hundred. Can you imagine going in there with no? Does everyone yeah. complete the course? Not everyone. So Not everyone. they do actually tell you literally on the very first day, which is day zero. They'll say if you think that you're not going to be here for the entire ten days, please leave. They actually ask you to leave, and some people do. Some people do leave. They'll get up and be like, "No, nah, okay, um, there's actually no way I'm doing this." Some people leave literally on the first day. Some people will leave on day three. Um, I think the other popular day for people to leave is day seven, and you think, "Why day seven? You're so close." But yeah, people just can't take it. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, but the course that I was on, it was quite successful. I think only out of the 25 guys, I think there were um, in the group that I was in, only one left. I think I'm not sure about the girls. That is amazing. 30. 35 girls or something yeah. I'm not sure about their side what happened there because you don't you know, interact at all yeah so it was, we had a pretty successful course but most courses you're going to have multiple people leave each course and and diet like how was it healthy was it like vegetables or you get to yeah, pick what so, you want to do or yeah so it's a purely vegetarian um and there's a lot of tea a lot of tea yeah. they love tea yeah tibetans love tea so there's like a lot of even though it was run by uh, kiwis uh the, that specific center was um the uh core of these vipassana centers is run by was built with the intention of a burmese monk yeah but essentially each center sort of run locally generally and it's a charitable place. Um, so basically, you know, people donate to um, help the practice continue to run so they can support people coming in to find greater peace. And yeah, because they really believe in not killing, they do focus on a more vegetarian focused, yeah, diet. So there would just be a lot of, yeah, the food was great. <laughs> I got a bit, some of it was actually kind of seemingly unhealthy are in terms you, of like the amount of oils they would use and all that sort of thing. But are you vegetarian? Um, yeah. Um, I'm vegan at the moment and okay. I say at the moment because I did used to eat meat up until about five months ago and then I'll reintroduce fish um, in about a month or so um, for yeah certain health reasons um, that, yeah but but basically in terms of food it's yeah it's pretty good anyone can adapt to it anyone like is it's not that bad yeah to oh totally yeah yeah like I mean um, I don't eat dairy at the moment um, I try to avoid it anyway um, just because of how inflammatory it is um, that's one thing we can definitely get into nutrition because um, I know that's that was one of the topics but yeah the dairy there was a lot of dairy so it was just about yeah letting them know at the start yeah about it what good. did you have in your bag like would you bring like a notebook a pen if you had thoughts or ideas anything you wanted to work on anything special that was like or just nothing uh, well <laughs> clothes that's honestly it. like <laughs> not even allowed incense honestly they say no incense because oh, the really? smell is distracting yeah, yeah the smell will help you to ease your thoughts and they don't want anything you can like they want you to have nothing that can ease your thoughts because they want you to face it with no distraction um so you're not even allowed a book you're not allowed a notepad nothing no pen oh. no, nothing yeah so you're not allowed you've got to have to work everything internally and the moment that you've got yeah some form of thing to distract you um they basically say that um yeah it's uh it means that you're going to soften the blow of whatever it is and you you might you only work through a piece of it you don't get to work through the whole thing so yeah it's pretty full on yeah like to actually yeah. come through completely and actually say i've done it is is such a big achievement because in our day and age, we have so many distractions. Like our our oh, phone so is glued to our hand. We will spend hours on social media, and there's so much going on as well. Like so many distractions, like just everywhere. So to actually be grounded and actually say you've that is such an achievement. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, no, so. it's not easy. Like even with me and I try meditation, I fall asleep. The only thing I'm I'm actually getting good at is journaling and just saying I'm a, like a grateful journal. Um, awesome. But definitely, even the tips you have given me, I'm definitely going to look into it. And I would encourage anyone to look into it as well and look at the benefits and just like, just learn about you and, and do that in a work as well. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Meditation, yeah, it's a great practice and I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, however, uh, it's not like that if people all of a sudden get triggered during the day, they can instantly just, you know, shut the office door and meditate. You know, when people can do that. Yeah. Many people are in environments where, yeah, they can't just all of a sudden go and meditate, even though, especially at the start, it can be quite a difficult experience to get into and can, quite be, um, can be very difficult to find calmness in a meditation at the start. So great practices and tools, um, definitely things that can help one to create yeah, more calmness throughout the day without feeling like yeah they need to have time to meditate so these are simple tools that they can use at any time right? now one is a simple breathing technique right? and this breathing technique is it's a technique that was brought to the surface or brought to light by a neurologist dr andrew huberman and what he did is he tested various breathing techniques to see which ones would establish uh, more calm in the system more quickly and he found that just a simple practice of inhaling twice through the nose and exhaling um, once through the mouth and doing this helped stimulate this the nervous system in such a way that calmness would be more accessible so essentially what would happen is with this double inhale on the second inhale uh, the sacs in our lungs actually mm -hmm. open uh, draw in carbon dioxide from the blood into these sacs and they fill up with carbon dioxide so that when we exhale all that carbon dioxide ends up going out and because we're exhaling more carbon dioxide on the double inhale longer exhale than a normal breath we're creating a greater stability or balance between oxygen and co2 so o to co2 to co2 is now more stabilized, more balanced, which reduces uh, stress on the system. We're actually able to uh, stimulate our what's called parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite to our fight or flight state. Okay, so we're able to calm the system more easily. And if people literally practice just like that, and they do six rounds of that, they will, they will actually probably feel a little bit of like a like tingling sensation in the okay. front of the head or a little bit of lightness in the head that's normal it's just basically the um the balance of yeah co2 to o is shifting within the system and yeah it's it will create a little bit more of a calming sensation in the body make sure you do this one already um naturally people already have done this many times without even knowing they've done it um when they're crying <laughs> right or when they're yawning Some people do it when they're running, <sighs> right? When they're running, they sometimes they do the double inhale um, and double exhale as well. But um, it's the body's always trying to find um, ways. This, yeah, yeah, this equilibrium within the system. So whenever carbon dioxide is too high, yawning is very natural. Um, whenever oxygen is super high. Uh, it's yeah again the body will do certain things in order to actually create more carbon dioxide within the system as well uh, so yeah it's 
because um, there is such a thing as having too much um, oxygen and not enough CO2. So yeah, it's really interesting how that can work. So yeah, people can just use that throughout the day or use when, it when I'm in conversation. When would you like recommend this? Like morning or before you go bed or when you're stressed or when you're upset or you're looking for like answers and you don't even know what to do? Yeah, just when you're stressed, um, like any time, I'll use it often. So I, it's just become such a subconscious habit for me now. Even if, um, say, we're on this podcast and all of a sudden I'm stressed, um, which fortunately um, is um, something that isn't as frequent as it used to be. But um, if it does come up, then it will be, yeah, I'll be able to utilize it. Say, when you're speaking, I can just do it and you don't even need to know I'm doing it. And that's a beautiful that's thing. That's amazing. Like, that yeah, I mean, I could just... Yeah, I could literally do the entire thing just through my nose, right? So I don't even necessarily need to do the exaggerated, like people people that aren't even listening. I'm um, sorry, sorry, people that are listening to this podcast won't be able to see me, but essentially I could just sit here and go. And I don't even need to change what I'm doing with my face, yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. all through my nose. Um, yeah, it's a very simple practice you can in, in, implement and insert at any point, any time of the day. Um, there's definitely, I'd probably recommend a morning practice of meditation over trying to just do that breath technique because meditation is going to help you to filter through, um, thoughts. Okay. It's going to help you filter through, um, any strenuous thoughts that you might be taking into your day. So you're essentially clearing your system a little bit more, clearing your mind a little bit more before you enter your day. Otherwise you enter your day with more clutteredness. But when you come across a, a stressful situation or a triggering situation, that breath work is a fantastic way to bring you back to center. Meditation is about solving. That breath work is about uh, adjusting. Okay, so that breath work is about oh adjusting. Oh my gosh, that's your state. amazing! Yeah. yeah so yeah, the breath work okay. adjusts your state. The meditation solves your state. Okay. Meditation is designed so that um, you go to the root of whatever it is that's triggering you, and you solve yeah. it. Right. The breath work is just designed to calm your system. It's not designed to solve any like pattern in your mind or anything like that. It just calms your system, meaning you're less reactive. Right. Some other tools that people can use is the tool of sight. Okay. Now when we, uh, enter what's called panoramic vision with our sight, we calm our system naturally. So if we're staring at these, um, computer screens, as we're mm -hmm. talking to each other, right, we've got very close vision. So what happens is our vision, our eye, our pupils become more dilated, right. And we'll become very tunnel vision focused on what we're looking at. Now our, uh, retinal neurons, okay. Which is the neurons in our eye, uh, are connected to what's called the optic nerve okay so now the optic nerve well, which connects the eyes to the brain essentially the eyes are actually a piece of the brain um but essentially there's this nerve that's uh connected um connecting the two um sort of factors of the brain which are the eyes and the brain and when we look at something that's very close it stimulates the brain indicating that i'm in close proximity to something therefore i need to be ready to uh, fight freeze or flight i need to ready the system so I'm a lot more stressed within my system when I'm looking at something that's close, in close proximity. But when we look at a horizon or something that's far away, the clouds, right, a tree that's in the distance, why do we feel a little calmer? It's because what happens is our pupils start to uh, shrink. Our vision becomes more expanded. We enter what's called the panoramic state. And that indicates to the brain through the optic nerve that now we've got a lot of space around us we no longer need to be in a state where we need to possibly fight, freeze, or flight because we've got nothing around us. We're safe. If you imagine primitive times, 
if we're in close proximity to anything, we probably need to be ready to react when we're in yeah, a forest. Yeah, what if there's a tiger around the corner, right? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. we're, um, you know, if we're in battle, of course, there's a lot of people around us. We need to be in a fight, freeze or flight state um, or fight or flight state. Well, freeze, you don't want to freeze in that state. And essentially when uh, we're in any situation with, with a lot of close proximity uh, to a lot of different things, we probably need to be a lot more alert back in that time. Now, when we're in a space that's very open, and there's so much space around us that we don't even need to be concerned about what's around us um, really because it's just space so we can see. So if anything does come, we see it from a mile, like miles away, right? We see it from miles away and we've got time to react. So we can calm ourselves. So our system uses that time to find more calm, to, re to relax. And our parasympathetic nervous system is quite literally called the rest and digest system. The reason why it's called this is because when we're in this state, our cells are more um, are in a more rejuvenated state, so meaning that they're rejuvenating uh, more effectively within that state. They're focused more on healing, on recovering, on renourishing, and all these beautiful aspects that are going to give us energy. Right. However, when we're in a fight or flight state, our cells are more focused on utilization, not recovery. Right. They're focused on I need to attack or I need to like flight. I need to run away. So we need to be in that constant stressed state and therefore we're not in a place of recovery. So when we've got more space around us, our system will use that to recover. So we feel more rested, we feel calm. So how people can use this is every 30 minutes when they're at their desk or if they're, you know, um, maybe in a service industry and they're constantly moving, 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 right? Every 30 minutes, just take a moment to look at something that is very, very far away. Just a moment, even a few seconds. And as you do, you'll find instantly you'll feel a little calmer a little more relaxed just by looking at something that's very far away um, just simply because the system will naturally desensitize itself a little more than what it was as long as they give themselves that opportunity to do that um, the way that people can use this when they're in four walls and like oh Kieran I can't look at something that's far away because I don't have any windows yeah it's fine um, what you can do or I'm like you know in a busy city they can actually access panoramic vision just by actually consciously choosing to do it we're amazing creatures we can do many things consciously we don't have to do everything based on our primitive design right so what we can do is even if i'm staring at you on this laptop screen mm -hmm. i can also start to see uh yeah a little bit of the roof above me i can start to see the walls uh, to my right and my left and i can start to see the body below me without even changing where my eyes are looking right so i can actually consciously choose and tell my body to go into panoramic vision and then i can but bring how? my vision back and really focus you just choose to so as i'm focusing on you i'm yeah. not i'm not con now i'm not consciously thinking about um my body or the walls around yeah. me and then instantly i can just zoom out right so at, you can do it too right if you're staring at me at this laptop screen yeah, yeah. and then you now without ch um, changing where your eyes are looking you start to notice the desk beneath okay. you okay yeah yeah you start to yeah, notice yeah. the walls and you see you can start to see the yeah, stuff yeah, right yeah. so yeah. we've got this panoramic we've got, everyone's got this natural panoramic vision there but it's just whether we're tuned into it or not when we're tuned into it, we calm our body. When we're not tuned into it and we really focus on something, our body is a bit more stressed because it needs to react or respond to something very quickly. Yeah. So that's also a second tool that people can just use. That's very simple. That's, you can constantly that tune into that. That is a golden nugget. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like we need yeah. that in that so in our it. lives. Yeah, absolutely. So these are just simple tools that yeah people can just use on the go. Um, and another simple tool that people can use, the final one that I'll give is it's called progressive muscle relaxation. Okay. So progressive muscle relax relaxation is a form of therapy, uh, that they'll use in, um, in the therapy, uh, clinic, um, they'll use it in many places. It's, it's in 
old technique. It's been actually around for thousands of years, but it's only really been studied in the last sort of couple of few decades. And progressive muscle relaxation is literally tensing the body and then relaxing it. It's that simple. Um, the way I like to do it is I do it by body part. Um, some people like to do it the whole body at once. You tense your whole body for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then you just relax it. Or, which is my more preferred, is to go through the body, starting at the muscles in the feet, muscles in the calves, uh, thighs, and so on, or working up the body and doing each individual muscle part um, as you go and just tensing for about five to 10 seconds in each part of the body and then relaxing it and then moving up, moving up, moving up. And in doing that, by tensing your body and then relaxing it, it's actually been shown to reduce the amount of cortisol, which is a stress hormone in your body that you're producing at that point in time. So that's why if you're feeling very angry and you're tensing your fist really hard and then you just relax your fist, you might find a little bit of anger starts to dissipate a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, the more you do it, the more you do it. Or, you know, when you're angry and you punch something, you're punching a pillow, like you're just take out, yeah. taking out the aggression, yeah. right? Why? Because you're... Um, you're tensing the body really hard within those moments and then you're relaxing it post exercise or post action, whatever you've done, which actually helps to de-stress the system. It helps to reduce the amount of cortisol, stress hormone in the system, which makes you feel calmer right, than what you were. So it's not just about anger, but it's also just about if you feel stressed, overwhelmed. If you're a job in a job interview, I've done this many times in the past when I, when I did it in my own business and um yeah, I'd tense the muscles in my feet or I'll make a fist and I'll just mm -hmm. tense it and I'll try not tense my face at the same time because I look like a maniac. And I'd try and maintain a relaxed face as they're speaking and I'd be tensing, tensing, tensing. Yeah. And then I'd relax. And then that would just help bring down, uh, yeah, the stimulus within my system. And obviously you can use a breathing technique and you can use your panoramic technique. And these are all techniques you can use as you're going about your day. You don't actually have to take a second out of your day as you're using these techniques. So I thought I'll just give those three simple techniques for people to use. Thank you so much. That is so much information. So many golden nuggets. People are going to learn so much because people don't even have a clue. Like they, like what you type into Google, like, you know, is it, sometimes it's hard to actually access that information, especially yeah. if you don't know what's happening, you don't know how to reach it, or you don't even know like how to get into it. How do you get into the subject? So just by having all them golden nuggets, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and Kieran, how can we connect with you? How can the listeners get to know you, get to highlight you, get to know mm. what you do or anything alike? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll also bring in a conclusion to your first question, which is around sort of like, what do I do? Who am I? Um, essentially, I am an anxiety and mental health coach. Uh, so I do coach people through anxiety and mental health. So I also work with people with depression and bipolar and even some people with ADHD. I've had various um, different patients. I've even got, yeah, I've even got a client that has OCD. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely various um, people that I've worked with. Um, essentially, mental health has really one root. Our intelligence, unfortunately, is at a place where it's working against us, right? Um, we've got this amazing amazing uh capability as human beings we've got this uh, cerebral cortex to the degree where we're able to consciously make decisions more so than any other creature on this planet right so we've got what's called the limbic system which is basically the more core regions of the brain which is more about reaction um so reaction to keep us alive 
And then we've got the cerebral cortex, which is the outer layer of the brain, uh, which is um, basically giving us the capacity to think about what we want to do, to plan about what, how we want to act and what we want to say and actually consciously go about things. So um, when people have mental health disorders, uh, what's actually happening is their cerebral cortex is reacting to what the limbic system is wanting to do. That's literally it. And what's occurring within that, of course, there's, you know, certain uh, hereditary aspects that come to mental health. There's certain um, conditioning aspects that come into mental health as well. So both aspects come into mental health and they create these disorders where people learn to cope through having a panic attack. Yes, it's a coping mechanism the body does through um, eating disorders, which is, yes, a reaction the body wants to do through um, having massive mood swings, which is, again, a reaction that the body does to try to keep it safe. It's literally trying to keep the system safe. However, that's not working in our favor because it doesn't make us feel good. And so we don't feel safe, even though the body's just trying to keep us safe. So what I do is I work more around the deeper layer, the root layer of mental health. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I specialize in by bringing mindfulness and neuroscience together and finding that space between them and then work with people that way. Um, so that was sort of developed over yeah, the last two to three years uh, as I've been um, on my own journey. That is a beautiful gift. Of, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And have had the opportunity of working with people from all over the world and doing so. And um, where they can find me is I've just started a new Instagram account. It's called Keza the Coach. Okay. Excuse my accent. Keza is K E Z Z A, the coach. Um, it, it was Coach Keza, um, but I, long story short, wasn't getting very much engagement on my old Instagram because mm -hmm. it used to be a fitness account. And I changed it over to a mental health account two, three years ago. And uh, yeah, the engagement started to drop from there. And Instagram doesn't reward um, decreasing engagement. In fact, it punishes it. So I started to, um, yeah, the engagement would decrease a lot. So I started a new account and already it's, yeah, it's growing beautifully. Um, and it's getting the, <laughs> almost as much engagement as my old account, which is just insane to think. There you can find me on TikTok, which is Coach Keza. Um, I talk about neuroscience there, um, a little minute snippets. Um, my website is Healing with Kez. Yes, I use the word Kez a lot. Uh, healing with Kez, uh, healing with kez.com. And my po uh, my podcast, lastly, is called Pocket Coach, and you can find that on any platform. So, yeah, that's me. Excellent. So, guys, you have no excuse. You can hit him up. You can find him on every platform. And then also, I'm going to link all the details below as well so you can reach him. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I genuinely appreciate it. So thank you. When are you releasing your book? Any thoughts oh, about releasing a book? Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I, I'm not going to start planning a book until the end of this year because I've got a few projects I'm working on at the moment and I want to build a course so people have access to this stuff um, in, a more, in a more, well, feasible way because many mm -hmm. people can't afford this thing that, that we call coaching yeah. many people aren't in a place where they can do that of course it's definitely the more ideal way i'm i have a coach myself i've had a coach for almost two years now and wow it's changed my that's life. amazing it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah and i'm very willing to share that um because you know i coach people it doesn't mean i can't have a coach and my coach is a coach and you know, so on it's like tiger woods best golf player in the world had a, has a coach right so yeah, um yeah. same thing right so it's, it's not about um yeah this concept of I can't do it on my own it's about this concept of yeah I can do it on my own but I can do it much faster with someone else there as exactly well. um, that's the beauty of it however of course um, it does give me the opportunity to still get that information to people in an uncoached version or in a non-coached version which yeah it, although it's missing the benefit of having the coach side it's still giving them that information that they can utilize to um, yeah um, 
basically tap into a more calmer and joyful state within themselves. And by working on that, that's that means that I'm not really going to get time for um, the book until later this yeah. year. I'm going to yeah, plan yeah, it then, and then I'll plan on writing it. Yeah, I'll plan on writing it over 2022. And then hopefully we'll bring it out either end of 2022 or early 2023 will be the goal. So Amazing. Yeah. Can't wait. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, Overall, in this episode, we spoke about meditation and the benefits it brings. We spoke about apps we can use. Apps mentioned include Headspace and Insight Time. We spoke about neuroplasticity, thought patterns. We spoke about enhancing blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, brain matter, white matter. And we talk about tools we can use anywhere, anytime if we are stressed, such as techniques mentioned include breathing techniques, progressive muscle relaxation, and panoramic technique. Don't forget to check Kieran's socials out and I will have everything linked in the description below. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you are on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.